0: I around my front porch, screaming into our Nest camera that he was going to find me and that he wasn't going to stop me. Imagine being in your 20s, the prime time of your life to find a partner that you may possibly be with for the rest of your life. Before the internet came along, before apps and websites to connect with other singles, You relied heavily on meeting someone at work, in a community, or being introduced to them by a colleague. But now, things have changed. You never truly know who you are talking to. There is that physical layer of false identity like a catfish, but what is even worse is someone who is exactly who they are physically, but portrays themselves as a perfect match until you see right through their lies. And only then, after you part, is when you see the dangerous bile or evil side. Here are their stories. Joshua Stimson, a 26-year-old warehouse worker, frequented Tinder to find a potential match. Molly McLaren, a University of Kent student, just like any regular single gal, was doing the same, swiping constantly in hopes to find the one. Then in 2016, Molly matched with Joshua, and this began a series of unfortunate events eventually turning deadly. Joshua Stimson grew up in Stoke on Trent and then eventually moved away to Medway. Those who had known Joshua for quite some time, such as colleagues and acquaintances, all had different experiences of Joshua. For example, some would describe him as a bright young man with so much charm that he stood out by a mile whenever he interviewed for jobs. Other acquaintances, however, described a different side, one that is more consistent with what is to come. He was described as someone who was constantly depressed, irrational, and someone who was unable to engage in regular conversations. More specifically, his co-workers even mentioned that he had a sudden change of looks and behavior after returning from a two-week vacation down in Tenerife. Apparently, During this time, he acted distressed and was frequently agitated. He was constantly seen crying and often failed to show up to his shifts. At one point, he shared with the same colleagues that he was suffering from bipolar disorder and was having intrusive thoughts of doing something stupid. Elena Child, who was his manager, reported to police that when he came back from his holiday vacation, The bright and charming Josh that she once knew, was no longer mentally present. She said, and I quote, there were two completely different sides to Josh. After his holiday, he was vacant and couldn't engage in conversation, and when distressed, he would cry for no reason. His manager Elena also noticed that Josh was frequently missing work, and therefore, he was switched to work part-time instead. Josh matched with Molly on Tinder in the summer of 2016, but they didn't meet in person until later that year around October. Not long after the initial face-to-face meeting, Molly and Josh made it official. From the outside looking in, they appeared to look like a regular happy couple in the midst of the honeymoon phase. Molly's mom, Joanne, said that Josh seemed like a regular normal young man. Unfortunately, what Molly and her mom did not know about Josh at this time was his troubled history with his previous relationships. Alexandra Dale and Leah Hubbard, two women who previously dated Josh Stimson, had a similar experience. They both described him as extremely controlling and possessive. Alexandra specifically recalled a time where Josh had tried to call her more than 25 times within one day after spending just one night together after that day she said that things progressively got worse it got so bad that he threatened alex and said that he would and i quote fly out and drown her while she was on vacation josh did in fact travel to her going as far as taking pictures of her and her back garden and then slashing her tires leah hubbard another ex of josh Chillingly had a similar story. After briefly dating, Josh apparently had grown increasingly controlling whenever Leah was unable to spend time with him. It escalated quickly when Josh followed Leah around a bar and due to his violent jealousy, he spat a drink on another patron over her. And because of this, she told him that if he ever came around her place again, she would reach out to the police. Joanne, Molly's mother said that the very first instance that she remembered her daughter complain of a similar, and I quote, childish situation, was when Josh decided to suddenly abandon his job after the two had gotten together. He then began to exhibit the same type of behavior that was mentioned by his exes, Leah and Alex. For example, one of the first arguments that Molly and Josh had was when Josh decided to randomly record and videotape Molly, so that he had things to use against her in the future. Upon hearing this, to vouch for this particular situation, Josh's ex, Alex, actually shared to the court that he did the exact same thing to her back in 2013. Molly and Josh eventually separated in June due to his erratic and obsessive behavior. It was after the breakup when it turned into something out of the ordinary. Nasty. Deadly. It began when Josh started posting abusive and false claims onto Molly's Facebook wall. Such as using drugs like cocaine. And he even tagged all of her friends and family members in an attempt to strip her down emotionally. It then progressed to Josh following her every footstep not just digitally this time, but also physically. Molly apparently told her mom that she received messages from Josh saying things like, there's more to come. The mother and daughter became incredibly concerned to a point that they decided to circulate photos of Josh to neighbors and nearby acquaintances in an attempt to ensure her safety. Molly also reported all of his actions to the police on June 22nd, just four days after their breakup. Because of this, Josh was warned by police to stay away from Molly. Unfortunately, this was not enough to stop the events that are to come. In the days leading up to the horrific events, Joshua took the time to look into the gym that Molly frequented and even subscribed to a membership. Josh began to show up at all the places Molly frequented, even down to the exact same time. During random nights where she would just choose to go out to a bar that she hadn't planned to, he would turn up. In fact, the night before Molly's death, Josh actually followed her to a nearby bar. Prosecutor Philip Bennett said, and I quote, it was clear he had a problem with women, specifically after breakups. Many believe that Josh's actions behind his attitude towards women stemmed from his mother leaving his family when he was just a little boy. Perhaps eventually turned into a personality disorder that realized into a possessive approach to relationships. In other words, if I can't have you, no one else can. So what happened to Molly McLaren? On June 27th, 2018, Just 12 days after Josh and Molly broke up, Molly was working out at the gym, when Josh suddenly turned up. Molly was terrified, but decided to confront him anyway. She asked him if he was following her, and then stormed back to her car that was parked at a nearby lot located by the Chatham Dockside outlet. This was when she texted her mom Joanne around 10.45am saying, "Mom." He sterned up at the gym and came next to me. She then texted her friends about Josh's behavior that she had been experiencing. However, the 23-year-old student had no idea that Josh was laying in wait with a bag containing two knives and a pickaxe, which he eventually used to butcher her. As soon as Molly was inside her vehicle in the driver's seat, Josh left his vehicle in a hurry and as fast as he could yanked her door open and attacked her with a knife. 75 times. Molly tried her absolute best to fight him off. She screamed and used her horn repeatedly, but within just minutes, she passed. Josh was arrested then and there at the parking lot of the outlet. CCTV shows Josh covered in blood as he was apprehended by police. At the trial, prosecutor Bennett's referred back to the many references of the cold and calculated nature of the killing drawing attention to his previous partner's experiences and as well as the apparent planning of his attack. For example, he purchased the weapons used on Molly just days prior to the attack, including the fact that he signed up for the gym with this plan of events in mind. Prosecutor Bennett also relied heavily on evidence given by psychiatrist Dr. Joseph who said there wasn't enough evidence to suggest that Josh was indeed suffering from a personality disorder or a mental disability as he claimed. The psychiatrist said that Josh was at full control of himself and was very aware of everything that he was doing before and during the attack. And because of this, the jury should reach a guilty verdict and not pass it off as a mental disability. In the defense's side, Their closing statement, Oliver Saxby, tried to deconstruct the evidence, highlighting other experts who thought differently. He referred to Dr. Majid, a lead forensic consultant at a psychiatric unit Josh was referred to after his arrest. The defense suggested that Josh suffered a massive loss of self-control on the day of the attack and that many aspects of his behavior should be seen as impulsive and a sign of a personality disorder. However, this was not enough to convince the jury and after deliberations, the jury unanimously rejected his plea of diminished responsibility and only took three to four hours to find him guilty. Judge Adele Williams said to Josh Dimpson, and I quote, this was a cruel, calculated and cowardly act. This was an act of wickedness You took away Molly's life quite deliberately in the most vicious fashion. You were determined to punish her for ending the relationship with you. You were seeking revenge. She was 23 years old, beautiful and intelligent. Her family's grief and anguish is raw and is apparent for everyone to see. Judge Adele Williams said that she was certain that Josh was not suffering from a disorder. So she added to her statement, you're a highly dangerous young man and you will pose a very considerable risk to women for a very considerable period in the future. He was sentenced to life in prison and is not to be considered for parole for 26 years. When this was announced, Josh showed absolutely no emotion. Molly's family wept as they sat in court after molly's passing her friends and family set up a foundation in molly mclaren's name raising thousands for charity the charity will select groups that support people with eating disorders and also raise awareness for that cause a statement on the donation page states for those of you who were close to molly you will know that she battled with bulimia and subsequently anxiety as a result of an eating disorder for many years of her life. Instead of letting this beat her, she shared her own story in the hopes of empowering others around her. We want to create a legacy in her honor by channeling her passion and drive to create the most positive outcome possible through the creation of the Molly McLaren Foundation. Thank you all for watching. To honor Molly, I have linked the Molly McLaren Foundation donation link below. I hope that Molly's story reaches someone out there and can give them the courage to leave an abusive relationship or open their eyes to a dangerous relationship circumstance, much like Molly's. Please like and comment below if you guys have been in a situation like this before. I'd like to hear more about it. And if you are currently in a situation like this or know someone in this position, comment it below because I will reach out with some resources for you. And again, click that subscribe button and hit that notification bell icon to get notified of our next video. See you next time.